Jimmy's ring you're wearing? Mm-hmm. Gee, it must be great riding with him. Is he picking you up after school today? Mm-mm. By the way, where'd you meet him?
you've been entertained by the genius of Ray Charles and his orchestra. Ray Charles!
Just then the devil emerged from the water And he said in a dry voice Your God will not bother
one more Sunday in Savannah Hear the whole creation Shout and praise the Lord See them Flinging out the banner While the congregation says amen One more Sunday in Savannah In the whole creation shouting praise the Lord Flat Black Plastic, folks. Thanks for listening. This is the MutinyRadio.fm. As usual, you reached this in the pledge drive, so we need you to go through the website like you got the... Get all the shows and then use the option to click and give us some money because we could use it. Hard times are coming. Thanks for listening. Support your Support us.
nothing for me. And can't do nothing for me. You should tend to your business and leave mine alone. Because as far as this man is concerned, I want to tell you. Yeah. 
song. My turn-ons are dancing in the dark, kissing on a lark, and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. F-L-M-O-Y-T. What a bunch of letters. Welcome to Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That is our acronym, and you can find our podcast with that. You can find our Twitter feed with that acronym. You can find us on our YouTube channel, which is terrific. And, uh, oh, I don't know. We're on Facebook as Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. We are... Stream our show first on mutinyradio.fm, which is uh, on the internet, internet radio. Yeah. And you can hear us every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We want to make a day of it. Why don't you listen to the show before us at noon? It's called The Edge of Insanity. It's hosted by Paul Brumbaugh. And Carl, what's the movie today? What are we watching? We are going to watch The Taking of the Pelham 1, 2, 3. But... 1998, okay? Yeah. Not 1974, what? not the current one. Wait, wait, wait. The Taking of uh, the Pelham 1, 2, 3, 1998. So the one with Denzel, it was not the first remake? It was second remake of this movie? Yeah. It was one in 1994. That's right, exactly. Now, you want to... Oh, Pelham is P-E-L-H-A-M, and you want to write out the letters, one, two, three, in the English words, and then put in 1998 okay. so you get the right one, because there's choices. And we yeah, like real one. channel Gregorian Barada, B-U-R-A-D-A, Gregorian Barada. All right, sounds good. So we want you to watch this movie and listen to our podcast at the same time to truly experience us. Uh, and we also, we have no sponsors today, but we want you to make a donation to Mutiny Radio for being the best. And yeah. we give it up, of course, to uh, Pam, Bam Benjamin, the station Bam manager, Pam Benjamin, Benjamin <laughs> for making everything happen. So why don't you go to Venmo and donate some money to at Mutiny Radio. And then that's the only and also, we want you to subscribe to The Edge of Insanity because not only is uh, Paul Brumbaugh the uh, show, host the show before us, he's also going to do the countdown for us today, the countdown us hitting go. We want you to hit the link for the Taking a Pen, Pell Ham 123, XBID, MP3, uh, hit pause, move the slider to 000, and when Paul says go, we want you to hit the play button with us. Uh, of course, uh, Paul's not here right now, so we do have the next best thing, the Paul Brumbot. Uh, <laughs> Carl, if you may. Yes, here comes the Brumbot. All right, so let's get this started. I am, I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumbot. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Brumbot. Okay, so let's get ready to Brumbot. And now... What you've all been waiting for, master of the descending numerals. The countdown king himself. Would you please welcome, 
Mr. Paul Brumbaugh. All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. Uh, I love how uh, fake movies, uh, when you watch my TV, they'll say this film has been edited for content and for time restrictions. Yeah. As if you're a real movie. Right. Right? It was written. It was made for TV. Yeah. Yeah, so what's up with that? Uh oh, too soon, Carl. Oh no, that's not the World Trade Center. There it is. No, oh, there's the World right. Trade Center. Over the bridge, we saw it. Yeah, in 1998, you start off in the New York skyline. You know what's going to go next. That's right. There was Look at the, the bomb. Uh, 96 bombing had happened. Right. Well, this is the subway system. This is a famous 1974 Walter Matthau movie about. I never really understood it, Carl. A bunch of criminals decide to hold up a subway. Yeah, they on uh, the Pelham line. It's uh one the Pelham, it's the one train, the two train, or the express, the three. Oh, wow! Gosh, they are really ambitious. They're taking all the trains. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wow, they sound like my commute. Working, huh? I gotta take the Pelham one, and then two, and then three. By the way, this font is courtesy of Blender Magazine, nineteen ninety seven. Look at that. That's 90s font. Yeah, it is 90s font. It really is. Yeah, I guess who? And Lorraine Bracco. Yep, that's right. We saw oh, so she's the Sopranos therapist. Yes, she, this is clearly uh, pre-Sopranos. And uh, it is also, uh, I think it's pre-Goodfellows. It must be. No, no. 90, you were talking about 1998. So Goodfellas is in the 91. Not, yeah, 90 or 91. Best known for her performance is Karen Freeman Hill in the 1990 Martin Scorsese film Goodfellas. So, yeah, this is okay. long after that, but way before Sopranos. This has a, oh, God, what was that movie with uh, the bicycle movie where Michael Shannon's the bad guy and it's... Uh, uh, shit, the kid from Third Rock from the Sun, and he's like a quick, he's like a superstar bike messenger. Has to say the day. I, yeah, you know what? It'll come to me. <laughs> okay, now the it's first not... thing we saw see is one of the criminals, and the very first thing he does is sneeze. That's important to the to, oh. to the plot. Well, if I can may spoil this movie, I've seen the original. That's the way Walter Matthau recognized the villain, because the villain sneezes on the phone, and then he talks to him at the end of the movie, and he has the same cadence sneeze. Right. Now, when he sneezes in the 1974 one, the, the main bad guy looks at him like, you know, you idiot, right? And right. also, yeah. Walter Matthau's character notices... Hey, listen, did you hear that? Yeah. But that doesn't really happen in this one. Huh. I found that charming. You know, sometimes movies are fun when it, it doesn't seem like it's an amusement park ride where everything is mechanic. You know, like a human error occurs, and that's the downfall. You know, yeah, something unexpected like that. Point. Yeah. Like, that seems more natural. So I always like that movie about it. Oh, I feel like I could smell the sense of the subway already. <laughs> this movie is pretty good. Now, did you see the two no, kids? No yeah. 
Is that, is that gonna it's the younger factor? one is also a pre-Sopranos actor. Oh, is it uh, the son? Yeah, it's it's um it's not the son. It's a he was only in one episode of the Sopranos. It was a flashback to when Tony was a kid. Oh, I gotcha. So when was the Sopranos? You sent me. You really do act like it was before. It was after nineteen ninety eight. Well, like, I, I don't would think it was concurrent. Sopranos started. Um, let's see if I that's in the nineties. Let me uh, do my uh, ask HBO. My HBO for HBO. Tell me more about the Sopranos. With pleasure. Thank you for your question. I was built to answer that question. The Sopranos is the highest singer in a choir. Oh, well, <laughs> is that helpful to you? Mm-hmm. According to Wikipedia, if I wanted Wikipedia, I would go ask fucking Wikipedia. Yeah, I would go browse to Wikipedia. Yeah, you cheater. Those voice uh, control devices, they're like, you know, cramming the information the night before. Well, according to Wikipedia.com, yeah, F. Can't get a book? <laughs> All right, so a bunch of shady people are waiting for the uh, subway. Yeah, and the truth is, this is not the New York City subway. This was all shot in Toronto. Oh. Well, yeah, because you want want a New York City movie without any flavor of New York City. Right, exactly. Oh, except her, right here. You see her? She's a flavor of New York City. She was born in Queens. Oh. So she's making this movie authentic. Yes, as is this guy who's right now getting held up. Nice. Oh, so they only have the New York actor as the drivers in it. Oh, I guess a couple of people in the control room booth will be like, "What's going on?" No, they do the New York act. No, not her. Her this she that's Mrs. Brown. Ms. That's Mr. Brown, believe it or not, and she is actually all about Canada. She wormed her way into this production. Nice. I like that. It's a diverse crowd. You got Americans and Canadians. Now, uh, we should mention that uh, usually if you watch a television show on cable, they have what they call a bug, which is a little logo that's on the corner of your screen. Yeah. But uh, we got to give it up to Gregory and Baruda for providing us a movie with the blurred screen. Oh, he sneezed. Yeah. As so before. Do you remember wiping your nose with your gun back when you could? Yeah, before COVID, I used to wipe my nose with my gun. Didn't worry Me about too, but I, I was holding. Yeah, I was holding a Pelham four five six, you know, because uh, <laughs> in real life that was that was a subway to do. The um, this movie's so odd. One two or three. The Pelham one two three. You're not from New York, right. but so, you kind of are. I've never seen the first taking of Pelham 1, 2, and the, the sequel, the taking of Pelham 1, 2, 2. So I'm hoping this movie is better. You know, I don't want to get too confused because I've never now, seen the first two a, films. He is a subway driver who who's, like, disgruntled. He got fired, you know. So he's why... Take it up. Uh, he, that's why he's part of this plot. Oh, I see. Is he going to get on the loudspeaker? I'm having a bad day. He is going to get on the loudspeaker, and he is going to freak out. 
<laughs> yeah, that's great. Right, all the passengers are going to hear. Bad day. What? The loudspeaker said what? So I guess he's not going to get on the loudspeaker. He is going to talk to the cops. Um... And now this is our Denzel Washington, Walter Matthau cop, right? Oh, no, he's going exactly. to oh, look at that. <laughs> that cat has a mask. No, he doesn't. This is he's a tour copy. city um, subway car. It's just not a New York City subway car. Now, even though I know New York real well, I, I didn't notice that until they told me. Like the New York City ones, they sort right. of look like the seats at McDonald's. Uh, they're hard plastic with uh, orange-colored uh, seat and it kind of looks like a pillow almost. Yeah, usually there's McDonald's foods on the on the seats. So these are retired okay. Toronto TTC subway system cars, and they were shipped to the scrapyard the day after the filming was over. Still disguised as huh. New York cars. Oh, so they didn't go to the wrap party, the cars? They just immediately sent them to the shipyard? Now, this is Edward Almost, and he's a cop. And for some reason, he's already in the subway. He's like on the transit oh, yeah. feed or something weird. And they're noticing that Pelham that, has stopped. Is that the subway nerve system? I guess. The, the, yeah. So he's just trying to, it's weird thing almost. He looks young, even though it was 1998. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him from uh, Blade Runner. That's how I got to know him. Okay. But wasn't he dressed up as an old man in that movie? That was 82. And then he's in the sequel, I think. Yeah, he is Blade in the Blade Runner sequel. 20. Right, 2049. Long yeah. movie. They should call that 2049 and 2050 because that was one long movie. Yeah, that movie was going great. Yeah. It was going great, yeah. and then all of a sudden, it said, "Yeah, we're gonna suck for the rest of the film." Hey, do you guys like Tara Leto? We don't either. Here he is. <laughs> great. Did they wait like two hours into the movie before bringing in Jared Leto? Because you can't get your money back. You sat two hours in the movie, boy. buddy. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know he was in this movie. Pah! Sorry, man. I got Joker insurance. We're not paying you back. Okay, so they detach the other car, and they're just in one car. Now, in real life, it's two cars, because Toronto subway cars were like that. You have to have two cars attached. I don't know why, but they'll trick us throughout the film to make us think this is one cab, one car. Technically, there's only Pelham 1-2 in this movie, but they're they're using movie magic to make okay, it look like so Pelham 1-3. Mike, 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 the way it works is there is a track of no, yes. a line of track called Pelham, called the Pelham line, right. okay? And you could get on right. one of three cars there. You can get on two local cars, right. the one or the two, but if a three comes along, it's only stopping at certain stations. So the Pelham 1-2-3 is... All the cars that run. I got you. So it's not three train cars on one connected together. It's three different lines. Correct. Now, I, I may ask, no, they, it's not three different lines. It's one line, but there's three different types uh -huh. of trains. 
three different types of trains. Oh, I got you. Perfect. And are they friends with Thomas the Tank Engine? Or am yes, I wrong they about are. That? Two okay. locals and one express, oh. and the locals are friends with Thomas. Okay, Oh, that's now, so sweet. Vincent D'Onofrio, I don't know how to say it. He's a Gomer Pyle yeah, from Full Metal Jacket. He's letting it yeah, be known they've sure. been hijacked. Oh, that's not nice. Is that the guy that, is he the Hulk? No, that's Mark Ruffio. Right. Ruffio. Ruffle chips. He looks like the Hulk, doesn't he? I guess, he yes. He Men in Black. Or... Yeah, Men in Black. He's, He's a in... bug in Men in Black. Yeah. I guess he was good as Gummer Pile, too. That was a pretty good movie. It really was. <laughs> and um, he was... The, the Gomer Pyle character was a thin, skinny, redneck kind of guy. But when um, yeah. uh, the director... What's that famous director's name? When he saw this guy, he said it would be better if he was right. chubby and clumsy. That's how this guy got his gig. That gig. It's launched a career for him. Yeah, well, it's an intense, uh, intense role and intense for preparation. And, yeah, he uh, wouldn't be on Law and Order man. if it wasn't for that. And I think the last time I watched that movie was on a double video cassette. Uh -huh. you know, it's been a while. I just, it's an intense movie. You don't, you know, you don't have to see it every day. You know, what's funny is it is two movies, right? It's the movie at boot camp, right, yeah. the movie in Vietnam. It's two movies. Yeah, but that's what's so great about it is that the preparation it gives you it has nothing to do with what actually happens. You know, it's uh, trying to dehumanize you to the point where you attack back and then you uh, are sent off to this kind of crazy war. Anyway, I don't know what this has to do with column one or two or or the express, huh? See, I think no, it's the three. Nothing. Can you okay, imagine so, being in Toronto in rush hour and there's only a two-car train that shows up at 5.15? At You're like, fuck you. Anyway, yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm commuter complaining. <laughs> well, no, we just missed uh, the line supervisors, like, getting frustrated. Why isn't he moving? I'm going down there. So he's going down there in person. Now, this guy, uh. is it's his lucky day, even though he doesn't know it. He's being told to go get the other passengers from the other train and walk them off of the tracks. So he's basically getting to go. Now she stands up and says, I gotta go. I have a doctor's appointment. And he's like, no way, no way. Then she says, this happened to me on the Long Island Railroad two years ago and I can't take it again. So that must be a reference to Colin Ferguson. Oh, tell me, what was up with Colin Ferguson? Colin Ferguson in 96 was a guy who went batshit crazy and shot up a bunch of people on the LIE. And his court case oh. was very famous. And he represented himself like an idiot. Um, and, you know, Colin, you didn't hear of that yeah. shooting, I guess. You were deep in Frisco by that yeah, right. time. And yeah, that was deep in Fisco, that's right. Yeah. I wasn't really uh, involved in Long Island Expressway. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. you certainly heard of, like, um, uh, it was around the time of, like, um, what is it, what is it, Amy, what's her name? Uh, Butafusco. Butafusco. 
Amy, Amy Fisher. Amy, it was right? around the time of Amy Fisher and Donnie Bonafuco, whatever his name is. And this took a yeah, little bit Johnny of press Fisher. time away from those guys. Holland. Yeah, I'm familiar with Joey Bonafuco and uh, Amy Fisher, the Long Island Lolita, but I'd never heard of Colin Ferguson, the Long Island Lolita killer. Joey Bonafuco, yeah. that's right, that's right. L-I- the L-I-E-D-O-A. <laughs> The lights went yeah, out. The third everybody time. out. They cut the power, and everyone got super scared. A, jittery. Every, yeah, have you ever been in an apartment and it shuts down? People freak out. Yeah. <laughs> I can't breathe. Yeah, I get it. We're underwater. Sucks. Now he's Mr. Blue, just like uh, Reservoir Dogs. They all have colors. So that we're looking right now well, is Mr. Cool. Green, and he's setting up uh, motion detectors. Now, Pelham 1974 also had the colors. That came before Reservoir Dogs. Yes. And Quentin Tarantino has yes. to admit to something he didn't invent, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all in the spirit of you know, cultural appropriation. No, not even that. It's re, uh, they're uh, remixing. He's remixing existing uh, popular tropes. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah, he's not ripping off wholesale. He's ripping off wholesale, but for a reason. Now, this guy uh, is your typical, when, I'm a New Yorker. I'm the head of something in New York, so I'm all mad all the time. Good morning, Pelham. That's right. He's like, what is this? He's screaming. Pelham, Pelham. Answer me. <laughs> Yeah, hi. Long time listener, first time caller. I love <laughs> listening to Tell Room 123. This is Gomer Pyle. <laughs> I'm here for the whole clock business. What do you mean, Mark Ruffalo? Here we go. Clear. You know that Taz Halloween. Hey. Holy shit. What are you? This must be the taking of Pelham 123. Yeah, I take that train every day to work. Which one? The first, the one or the two, or do you take the express? The three. The three, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pelham 123. I like how there's no one really on the subway. What exactly do you mean? They're always taking time. Are you the operator? Negative. Then who are you? Do I look like Neil Thomas? Heavily armed. We have hostages. Uh-huh. And we're in a bad mood. And we have twenty dollars in our PayPal account. Things are gonna get fucked up. <laughs> now they wow. put those numbers, Mr. Green, Mr. Blue, Mr. Brown, and Mr. Gray. And only Mr. Right. Green's real name do we get to hear. Like in the 1974 one, we learn all of their names. Um, but in this one, it's only this guy. His name's Herbert Langman. He's at the end. They go to his apartment, you know. 
one of the henchmen is like, come on, Herbert, we got to take over this train. Don't use my name. I'm so sorry, Mr. Langham. I will never do that again. So now he's calling his old partner, um, Lorraine Bracco, <laughs> saying, you know, she's like, how are you liking the transit department? Things not enough for <laughs> you there? And he goes, it's pretty real right now. We got a hijacking. Get down here. And she's like, well, I'll be right there. <laughs> now, These guys, are, did they just shoot one day? Like, did almost just go into that one set and they're just like, go nuts. You would think with her accent that she's all New York, but she lived in France in 74. She was a fashion yeah. model. And she lived there for like 10 years. Um, and when she was she was modeling, this guy, his name's Mark Camoletti, I don't know, offered her a, a, a role, a major role in, for one of his plays in a film. And she took it for the right. money. She said it was a boring experience. Her performance was terrible, but everybody liked her. Uh, and she did two other French films just for the money. That's how she didn't even want to oh, be in yeah. movies. Just for the money is a great French film. Delightful. Oh, really? <laughs> did I put it in my? Well, and what about this? And what about this movie? She did it for the the, the experience. I think she was a movie star by this point, and she was a working actress. But in the '80s, she was a disc jockey for Radio Luxembourg. That's so crazy. Yeah. The soprano therapist or the radio DJ? And now if it's Luxembourg, I guess she was speaking French. I'm sure she's fluent in French. Yeah. She was one yeah, of the uh, wow. they considered for Catwoman. You know, that uh, um, Tim Con Tim Burton's uh, Batman. Yeah, Batman Returns. Right, but she turned them down. Wow, he turned out Batman. Yeah, what that that yeah. cuckoo bird was uh, going for the part, remember? And she turned them down. No, cuckoo bird. I know who you're referring to. You're talking about Sean uh, Young. Who, yeah, right. For me, it's just it seems as crazy as anyone else. Yeah, she uh, made homemade audition tapes for the first movie mm -hmm. and sent it out and went public. But I don't think she was even in the running by the second. Uh, oh no, maybe you're right. Maybe she did it was for Catwoman. That's well, a weird uh, Tim Burton's uh, Batman was the one with Danny DeVito, and that was the Catwoman one. Oh, right. And she yeah, so showed up in person to audition. Officer, oh, what's so going fun. on? Is she, can't you see him on the payphone? Yeah. Well, I gotta be right called him on the radio, and they said. Listen, we got to tell you something sensitive. Phone in. And that is that the train's been hijacked. So the one subway guy who's going down there to see what's going on, they're like, go stop him, you know. So he's right. going to get on the tracks. Good for him. He was able to use a payphone without wiping it down. That's really good. It's pre-COVID. Well, it's also like pre-broken payphone every every station. Oh, I see what you're saying. 
Well, this is Toronto. Yeah. When was the last time you used... There's still payphones in the uh, uh, BART stations. Like, if you ever needed a payphone, you should go to a, a subway station. Really? That's actually Seven very good. Yeah, because I don't know, you know. I used to walk around with quarters in my pocket all the time for the phone. Now, here's Michio Kaku. Okay, it's not Michio Kaku. Okay. okay, now we have, like, fake analysis of uh, Mr. Blue's mentality, you know? He's a mastermind! He's got everything planned down to the second. It's really quite ridiculous. <laughs> He uh, he's mellow he's melancholic he's uh, depressed he uh, he has depression he likes the ocean you're just associating things with the word blue no no he's a Smurf uh, he is uh, a Krishna uh, I'm gonna be late for my doctor's appointment the the kids gotta go pee yeah don't predict well, I'm just saying yeah. that. Is it number one or number two? Mr. Brown is getting upset. Uh, maybe it isn't right now. Maybe I'm wrong. But when he does go, it's a number one. Okay. Well, I mean, you, how many times have you seen this movie? I This is my only my third time. Uh, we uh, we kind of rushed oh. to. Okay. Yeah, now we have Mr. Gray. And Mr. Gray is the founding member of New Kids on the Block. Oh, that's Donnie W. Yeah. Oh, that's Wahlburger. Yeah. And I'd love to you watch that show, Wahlburgers. That's a great show. It's like the one half hour advertisement after another half hour advertisement. But Donnie gets involved, and Jenny McCarthy, his wife, comes up. They come up with a Jenny Burger. And she doesn't <laughs> Jenny like it. Jenny McCarthy is his wife. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's perfect for him. Yeah. He's, and she's all over, like, Wahlburgers, you know, because they'll be like, Wahlburgers is their other brother who's a cook and their mom, and they go into the franchise business. And so they have this one, thing, you know, signature restaurant, and that's what the reality show is based on. And This is a real... Uh, they came up with the... Yeah. It's not that interesting, but it is kind of interesting. You know, it's one of those kind of reality shows where you... It doesn't really matter if you're watching it, but it's kind of... It's all right. Well, my research showed him as being part of the Saw films. Um, he was yes, in Band of it. Brothers. Like Deputy. Yeah. I think because it was uh, Danny Glover in the first movie and then Wahlberg in the second movie, like playing a depressed cop trying to chase after Jigsaw. I, I have never I seen too. a Saw film. I've never seen it. You ever see Saw? I never saw That's Saw. Good. I've seen them all, and there's going to be another one, Spiral, Chris Rock and Sam Jackson. Mm -hmm. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, oh, my God. Those are some no, right? high-powered names for a Saw part blah, blah, blah. Movie, right? Wow. Well, that, that horror sequel, I think they made like six Saws, and then there was Jigsaw, which is kind of a spin on it, where there's like a new uh, mastermind. I learned a lot from those movies. I always take notes. Like, for example, if you wake up and your head's in the aquarium filled with uh, used hypodermic needles, 
best to swallow your tongue than to shave your to cut your arm off. It's just, you know, general common sense. Mm-hmm. Admit that you ran over this kid in the 1984 and then swallow some broken glass. And, you, you know, you cathartically feel okay. You'll thank Jigsaw for it. So Mr. Blue tells Mr. Gray to leave the wo- woman alone. And he's like, you didn't say the magic word. What's the magic word? And he goes, the magic word is money. And then Mr. Gray, like, snaps too. No, he's right. Well, in 1998, it would probably be heroin. Yeah, man. Heroin in the late 90s. So you didn't see the Walter Matthau film? I did see the Walter Matthau film. Oh, you did? Everyone wears snazzy hats. Yeah. They're all slumpy. He's slumpy. He slumps around. I think they they smoke cigarettes in the nerve center. And uh, at the end, he walks by a guy on the platform, and the guy sneezes funny, and he says, bless you. And the guy says, oh, fuck you. And he goes, wait a minute, I recognize that. Wait. I recognize that sneeze. No, in the end, that happens at the apartment. Yes, that's right. They're, they're off station. They made it to their destination. What about the Denzel Washington one? Well, it's been a while since I've seen that. Well, it's been a while since I've seen the other one too. Yeah, I think it's the same thing at the end. Yeah, but okay, so you did see them both, right? Right. This is the only Pelham I haven't seen. I've seen Pelham one, and I've seen Pelham one too. So Johnny, uh, uh, John Travolta in. Denzel Washington's version is like a crazy, crazy, right? But in this film and the original, the guy's pretty, pretty cold, right? He's pretty, pretty to the point and calculated. I forgot Travolta's in that movie. God, it's so ridiculous. Okay, so now it's time to pee. So the boy goes to pee and it's a number one pee. Oh, is this going to be on which rail? Don't piss on the third rail. Power that act two powers off, powers off. Boy. Oh, okay. Are they going to the restrooms in the subway station? But what we're going to get right. here it's, it's, is the transit worker. Uh, she starts to soft talk, uh, Mr. Brown, like, looks at the necklace, uh, which is an AK 47, and she's like, What does that make you tough? Are you bad? I used to be bad. I was so bad I lost my kid. Now I got a job. I got my son back. You could be on the good too, girl. Yeah, but Mr. Brown's not taking it. Yeah, Mr. Brown takes it. Mr. Brown tries to be tough. But, uh, you know, it's hard around Babs. She's very convincing. A lot of people say my AK-47 necklace is a conversation starter. Thank you. (laughs) Now, um, Mr. Brown was all over TV um, in the 90s, and it sort of seems like she's gone back to Canada now. But she was in um, Silver Surfer TV series, just one episode. She was in ER as a doctor. She's uh, on the um, D- Total Recall 2070 Highlander. There was a silver. So she was on a TV version of Highlander. She was in a TV version of Total Recall. Silver Surfer? Yes. Yeah, so, Total Recall. Mm hmm. 
And there's a 2019. Well, no, that's today. Um, right. She was in the firm TV series for two episodes. Nuts. She's come up with your own stuff. Why don't you do something originally? She's taking whoever answers the phone, and I'm with her on this. So now she's <laughs> like in uh, back in Canada with the family, but she's totally into yeah. acting still. Uh huh. They're calling her up and like, you want to do Steel Magnolias? Yeah, fuck yeah. It's calling me waiting for all my life. <laughs> Great. Like, okay. Did you ever hear mm-hmm. of Impulse? It's on YouTube Red. Impulse? No. There was, there was a Timothy Hunter movie called Impulse where a town does whatever it wants. Like something possesses the people and they, they like pee in the middle of the street. What is <laughs> really? that? YouTube Did movie? I see it? Yeah. What year? I don't know. You got like 81, 82, like suddenly the town, like, you know, they fuck each other and they like, they do whatever, they break glass and whatever pleases them. They just do it on an impulse. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if, it, I mean, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I, I think I just remember the trailers. So in, ni- in 2019, she was in Ransom. Um was a TV version of the movie? Yeah, TV, I don't know, but it what it is a TV series. So like, she had a lot of gigs in the '90s, and then it's like it feels like time to raise children because she went away for about 15 years, uh, and then she had how, how, more work nowadays. I don't understand. Like, did the producers, uh, the showrunners, were like, "This will be a great six season run of Hostage of Ransom." Yeah, right. Yeah, they we'll still dress. have the kids. Yeah, Oh, welcome to season two. They abduct another kid. <laughs> right. Like, oh, they're sending your child. We're sending them to college. <laughs> <laughs> For four years. Now he, Season five. He, your kid graduated. Now, here comes the guy who was like, I'm going to find out what's going on down there. Never mind. It took him all this time to finally walk down there. But uh, Donnie's going to totally yeah. shoot him. Uh-oh. I'll mess with the other Wahlberg. So the line superintendent oh. gets his. Good. I warned you. Wow. Got a machine gun in a subway station. Pa pa pa. Hakan, Hakan. Yeah, he's all business in this movie. I think he's the only actor who's walking. Everyone else is just sitting around and yelling at the microphone. Another flip on the screen. What? As far as I know, yeah. So their radar detector is really helpful because it lets them know who's coming. And, of course, they didn't have that in 74 version. No, yeah. And well, I in 2009, 2009 version either. And did the 2009 version, like, everyone's, like, going on their cell phones, and they're like, what happened? We connected the, disconnected the router or some shit like that. I don't remember. I did see that film. There was also this interesting subplot in which he got a bribe, you know, Denzel Washington. Remember, Denzel Washington wasn't a cop, right? He was, like, Mr. Blue said, I like you. I want to talk to you. I'm not talking to the negotiator. It was different. 
Huh. Yeah, I see what you're saying. He was just an everyman, Denzel Washington. Like, how people mistake me for Denzel. <laughs> when, when they always have, like, a, an A-list celebrity playing, like, an average Joe gets mixed up in something, I'm always like, yeah, the average Joe looks like fucking Denzel Washington. Right. Great job. Mr. Handsome. So yeah. they find out that poor Chaz Holloway has been shot, and everybody in Command Central is freaking out. Oh, not he owed me money. I'm never going to get that money back. Now we're getting more of Bab softening Mr. Brown. You think you're yeah. a badass girl? <laughs> Is that what you say? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, lady, I don't believe in Christ. We stopped talking to me. I had my stops next. Right. Uh, you know what? If someone like took over the bar station, no one's gonna notice. You know, they'll go in the the train. Uh, excuse me, everyone. Excuse me. I don't mean to take up any of your time, but uh, we'll be taking over your train. <laughs> oh, good. First I thought you were a panhandler. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna, thought you were gonna dance while while the train's going. By the way, it was a 1993 Colin Ferguson shooting. Now, I know you don't know about that, but someone listening probably does. That was a big deal, that uh, that incident. And they reference it in the, in the 90s television straight-to-DVD version. Okay, so I missed it, but uh, Mr. Gre uh, Mr. Green was just freaking out. Huh. So that leads them to say, this guy sounds like a disgruntled former worker. Can I have a list of all the people who got fired, you know? And they start to right, right. break down um, who could it be. Now we learn something that's a plot point that's not going to lead to anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. There is an undercover cop on the subway. But she, I got to tell you, she does not do anything. In the way end, she has a role and she shoots somebody, but she's hardly a player. Now he's, oh wait, New York freak out. Here he goes. She, he said the F word, and they blanked it out. Wow. So this was maybe, do you think this was theatrically released? Uh, no, I think this was on ABC, and I think they just, he's supposed to be a New York person. But he says something ridiculous. He says, I never thought talking to a murderer would take precedent over running a railroad. I mean, it's it's a dumb thing to say. Doesn't make any sense. Oh. Okay, now that young boy we saw, not only was he young Tony Soprano, but he was also Howard Stern in private parts as young Howard Stern in 1997. That movie was... Wow, I can't believe that movie was only 1997. Yeah. 
Do you remember when, about that um, Howard was taken to his father's work and that guy started freaking out and breaking records? And right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Howard's father goes, I order you the power invested in me from the federal communications. Now he was young Howard gawking, you know, watching. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Learn that within a 10 block radius, there's like 20 different places you could access the street. And that's for safety, but it sure does help a hijacker, you know? Oh, they're picking up. And there's Starbucks in every corner, so they can get probably get a frappuccino whenever they want. Now, here's something ridiculous. This guy tells the SWAT guy to go downstairs and then take him out. But that doesn't happen in the plot. But it is what he says. That is his line. And he sends the SWAT team down, and all they do is, like, observe. They're called snipers is what they're called in the, in the teleplay. Right. Now, a New York City car would have the number on the front of the train. That is one thing I notice that's different from a Toronto car. You would be, you'd see a big circle with the letter three, number three, um, letting you know what train was coming. Well, I mean, you could just tell by the sound if you're a real New Yorker. You're like, that sounds like the Pelham too. Uh, I know you cannot, Mike. <laughs> no. <laughs> It sounds like a well, train coming down the track. <laughs> oh, listen, when I'm in uh, San Francisco, I could tell, like, you know, the, what BART's coming, whether it's the Richmond train or not. Mm-hmm. I just close my eyes and uh, try not to get thrown into the train, and I could hear it. Yeah, you could just feel it. They announce it. They announce it. <laughs> That's how you know. Yeah. They'll say... Next train. So now we're getting the backstory of why he got why he's disgruntled. Um, they, there was like a um, there was like a train driver who was like contracted with the mob, and they would give him some drugs, and he would take it down the line and hand it off to a contact. And they framed him for it, so he's all bitter. Gotcha. So now, well, what a way to almost end. is like, hey, there was another voice on the line. Let's hear it back. And this is when they figure out it's some disgruntled guy. Sneeze. Avenue. Flatbush. <laughs> Flatbush. I mean, that so describes the woman of today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just about to say that. Sometimes. Like that's about my tattoo. <laughs> Man, he almost has not stood up. No, he did. He was standing in the beginning of this movie. He hasn't left the center yet. Now. His this actor who's just the disgruntled guy, his name is Richard Schiff, and um, he was on West Wing. People know him from that, he got an Emmy Award. Um, but he was actually like a director and producer, and then he tried his hand at acting. And the very first time he did, well, I could be wrong with the very first time, but very easily, 
Steven Spielberg just happened to watch this TV drama High Incident and liked him and cast him in The Lost World for Jurassic Park. And that led to him being oh. cast in lots of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, Spielberg likes to watch crap, you know. Yeah. Get inspired. I'm sure he was just sitting around, you know, you know, whatever, poolside having oh, a drink. And some show. I'm sure the guy's manager. I'm sure somehow, like, they, they pushed him and I just said, I can't imagine. Now, um, he, I don't know his name, so I keep on calling him Gomer Pyle. Vincent Donofrio. Um, DiCaprio. Vincent DiCaprio. He was also in uh, 2015's, uh, you know, the Jurassic Park series, Jurassic World. In 2015. Oh, yeah, right. In it. Oh, wait, 2015. So he was in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my he son is a fan of Jurassic Park. And he says that the new ones, he just doesn't even care. They're not associated with the old ones, really. You know? Yeah, no, they mentioned, like, previously, we had tried a park. And now, welcome to the world. Right. They, they kind of reference in that way. That was our first try. Yeah, you know what? The second Jurassic World is like uh, kind of felt pointless, you know? Yeah. Well, from- the oh, second one start. was when it goes to Los Angeles, and it was directed by Steven Spielberg. It was. But you're right. It's just Wait, sort of mm-hmm. like a moneymaker. Oh, so you're talking about Jurassic Park 3. I was talking about Jurassic World 2. But, yeah, I guess you're right. Okay. That was directed by Spielberg? The third, he did the first two. Jurassic Park was the first one, of course. And then The Lost World, yeah. which is when he goes to Los Angeles. That was the second one. That was right, right. Spielberg. The third one was... Yeah, with, I do just um, say. Uh, Sam Neill and the yeah, boy from the first movie. Lost. Um, and that was also just for money, but it was a good one, I felt. But it was also not Spielberg and just for money. Yeah, but world is kind of I don't know. World's all right. It's tolerable, but then by the second second world, you're just like, okay, enough. I don't yeah. need another fucking franchise. It's making money. Okay, now she's singing to the kid, and Mr. Brown freaks out. Call nine one one when you go to the phone to pee. She's really pretending to freak out. She's acting, acting. Huh. And Donnie tells her to get it together. Hold it together, girl. Was he in Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? Was he in his brother's group? <laughs> no, he was a new kid. You're right. He was a new kid. Excuse me, new kids on the block. Related to Marky the- Mark, is he? Mark Wahlberg and Donnie Wahlberg, they're brothers. Really? <laughs> but what an yeah, age! And they have another brother. Huge age difference. And their other brother has hamburgers. Donnie Wahlberg and Mark Wahlberg are related. What made you think otherwise? Uh, because of the age difference. Because of the years between their fame. Unless I'm wrong about that. Well, one was in New Kids in the Block, and the other one was in the Funky Bunch. That was concurrent. 
Okay, I guess so. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, well, that's a definite uh, not paying attention. Oh, well, of course not, Mark. <laughs> uh, Mike, what are we talking about here? We're talking about new kids on the block, and we're talking about an advertising, right, right an underwear commercial. Of course I wasn't paying attention. That was a... <laughs> right? He was, uh, well, yeah, it, yeah, but the songs are separate. I mean, he went on tour with it. It wasn't like, uh, he, he did have this underwear promotion, but... Listen, okay, anytime I'm watching the TV and it said, new kids on the block, I'm flipping the channel. Uh, you know that, I mean, we were into The Clash and uh, The Jam and, right. you know, we were not looking at, I remember on Fishburgers, you said, you're a new poopy head on the block. I mean, th that band was a joke to us. Of course I wasn't paying. Fishburgers, of course, the public access television show we did in 1990. Everybody uh, knows for, that. For our new listeners. <laughs> yeah, go to our YouTube channel, Fishburgers, and check us out originally. But, you know, there was that boy band phenomenon that was, uh, and the new kids brought, and I guess a uh, new addition. Look, uh, if I grew up in the 60s, I wouldn't have been paying attention to the Osmonds. You know, it's it's the same thing. Uh, <laughs> new kids on the block, who cares? I don't know one of their songs. Do you know their songs? Yeah, hanging tough. Hanging tough. <laughs> Am I tough enough? <laughs> okay. Yes. I have to Google that or YouTube it. Hanging yeah. tough. Am I tough enough? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Once you go to a record store and ask them if they have a copy of Tough Enough, or Am I Tough Enough, please? Okay, so I would like to be very angry at this film because they have, have a Jewish stereotype on the train. And he talks like this, hello, I am the Jewish stereotype. So he goes to Gomer Pyle and says, hey, can I ask you how much you are getting? You know, and, and these guys like, it's none of your concern. And he goes, a man likes to know what he is worth. I just think it's very insulting. Yeah, well, it is New York City. So, of course, uh, you know, you can't. Swing a dead cat without bumping into a New York Jew. But the thing is, I make the New York Jew care so much about money. And as a matter of fact, when the guy tells right. him $5 million, the Jew goes, each? And he goes, no, in, uh, in total. And he goes, I'm not worth very much. I mean, it's it's so... It, do you don't feel I'm not even Jewish. And I feel insulted by that. Yeah, I guess, you know, well, someone has to bring that up. How are we going to bring up their salary? I know. How would you ask them? Okay. He asked for $5 million because he knew that that's what could legally. Oh, by the way, he said hundreds and fifties only, and there's a bunch of twenties in here. He's going to be pissed. Um, it is a New York TV movie budget. <laughs> he knew uh, what they could get together without, like, heavy authorization he knew that five million dollars was the highest he could ask for and get it in one hour that's why he chose that money oh. and that's the scam well why can't they just drive the money train over <laughs> the money train yeah you've seen the movie the money train there's a money train in the subway station that goes around and there's money in the train they call it money train i think i 
That sounds very familiar. Is it a movie? Yeah, Woody Harrelson. Wesley Snipes. Should I see it? There's some content. No. Good. Yeah, if you have TBS, I'll put it there. But it was uh, it had some notoriety because there's a scene where they I think they throw acid or something on a uh, on a ticket seller and uh, and the booth and they said oh no real life don't do that don't do that in real life we're just a movie we don't want to encourage anyone. Now there's sister we see her every now and again she's a female in the center. Now what happens is a car crash there's an accident. You know, because they said we have to have this money in one hour. And, you know, this is like another uh, trouble in the, you know, making it hard for Edward yeah. almost. Now, did they just crash into a bunch of mannequins? Mannequins, yeah. Boy, you know how that can dent a vehicle. Oh, my God. How many, what's the casualty count? The casualty count? Let me count the bodies. Well, we killed Mannequin and Mannequin 2 on the move. Forget the health of Come the drivers, get the money. By the way, the internet said it was very important to let you know these are Toronto motorcycle poli uh, cops um, vehicle, <laughs> not New York. New York motorcycles look different. Do we care? Gotcha. Yeah, I guess. Uh, no, not really. Did you ever see Jackie Chan and Rumble in the Bronx? That was shot in Toronto. Oh, was it? Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it keeps going to Tim Hortons. All over the place is like the Toronto subway map on this car, but like you can't ever really see it. But the internet also thinks that's important. Like it's a big gaffe that the Toronto map was all over this New York City car. Huh. Oh yeah, that's another. De that's probably why I never got the HK release. 